Welcome to Inside the Agency. I'm your host, Michelle Govan. I'm your co-host, Nicole Shawcross. So we are being joined today by the fabulous casting director, commercial casting director, Kathleen Mayers. <laughs> I almost went to the other name. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have known Kathleen since she was Mayors, Widows, now Mayors. Mayors, back to Mayors. Back to Mayors, back to basics, back to the better name. how are you doing Kathleen I'm good really good enjoying being back at work after the few months off wasn't enjoying that I realized that I do love to work which I I knew anyway but now it's confirmed I like working yeah we called it the long pause yeah yeah (laughs) although I don't even think it felt like much of a pause for us though because we were still chugging away at things. We were trying to make things happen even in lockdown, which we actually did successfully book a few things in lockdown and people filmed from their homes. But let's get to you. We want to talk about how you got your start in the industry. Well, uh, it was almost 27 years ago. In November, it'll be 27 years. Woo! Congratulations. Love it. (laughs) But it doesn't feel that. It's like, wait, am I 27 yet? Um, (laughs) No, you're not. You know that feeling? (laughs) You know, I'm 25, no, I'm 25 years in, 24 years performers management. So we're not too far behind. Yeah. Wow. I know. Yeah, it's just... um, yeah, I love it. It's addicting. So, but I, um, yeah, no, I mean, I always wanted to be a teacher, uh, from as far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a teacher and, uh, I tried college three times and all after six months after the courses ended after that six months, it was like, yeah, no, this isn't me. So then I would go and get a job and then I'd go back and go back to school again and try again. Cause I really wanted to teach. Anyway, so then I had, once I had my second child, which was uh, 27 years ago, I um, had the opportunity to assist, uh, well, it was actually my sister, and she, I I was working in a a big corporate company, and the only way I could be with my kids all the time during the day was to get a night shift job, and the only job that was in a night shift was collections. And back then I was sweet, little, innocent, never swore, never, you know, and I started in collections to, to, so that I could work at night and then, um, be with my kids in the day. And then my husband would have them at night. And, uh, I just was threatened. I was called every name in the book. And my sister said, you got to quit. You got to quit. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And she says, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to teach kids. I want to work with kids. And back then she was a commercial casting director. And back then, of course, we had Fisher Price, Hasbro, Mattel, Play School. We had all those. Exactly. And all those uh, toy companies around. And we, it was nonstop toy commercials. So she said, you know, just come and try working for me. And so I did. And it was like what I believe being injected with heroin is like, I was on a complete (laughs) high because I was working with kids. And then it sort of, I mean, that's how it started. I assisted her for a while. And then, uh, I, and then I assisted another casting director after that. And then I went out on my own just a couple of years after that. And I, I actually started with my company. It was called Kidlets. 
yeah, because I just I wanted to that. work with kids. Yeah. And then I assisted uh, the New York baby wrangler team, um, John and Kathy Hicks from New York, because they were the only baby wranglers around mm-hmm. and started working with them. And thankfully, you know, after several years, they said to me, don't pigeonhole yourself into just kids stuff because, you know, the younger generation comes in, they've got more energy than you. And like them, they were out of work. So I thought, okay, I got to, I got to jump into the adult area, but I was so nervous because I'm just so comfortable around kids. And then I was asked, um, to do the, well, the funny thing is the first job I got was, guys, I can't remember if it was boxers or Levi's, but whatever it was, <laughs> the director Definitely not I kids. had to have these men be in their boxers and put a pair of pants on. That was their audition. And I was beside myself. That's not a bad job. <laughs> not no, a bad job at it all. was though, because start. <laughs> no, it, it actually wasn't because when, whenever I'm around, you know, whatever good looking man or have to talk to men, I just get all nervous and giddy and I trip and I, stutter. And when, so when that first job came, I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? So I, I got a partition for them to be behind first. Cause I didn't want to be in the room with them, you know, taking their pants off to put their pants back on again in the audition. Right. And some of those actors just made it so comfortable. There was jokes, there was just the funny things. And anyway, then I started getting asked to do workshops. And of course, being in a room full of adults, teaching them was like, no, I can't do it, but put me in with a thousand kids. I can do it. So the one guy from Victoria just kept asking me and asking me and I said, Oh, I'll start laughing. And he's like, it doesn't matter. And so I, after my first workshop over in Victoria, it's like, Oh my God, I'm doing what I wanted to do. You're teaching. I'm teaching. Yeah. So I love doing my workshops just as much and sometimes even more than I like my casting but the problem being is the casting stops me from doing my workshops. Right. Because you never know when you're going to be casting. You think you're casting on a Thursday and all of a sudden they change it to a Friday or to a Wednesday. And if you've booked your um, workshop, yeah. If you've booked your workshops, now you have to cancel those because you've got a cast. So right. it's really tricky balancing the two. Um, yeah, you want to balance the teaching with the casting. I mean, right. why don't we just dive into what you teach in the workshop since we went there? Why don't we talk about that a right. little bit? It's strictly, I am a commercial casting director. Therefore, I teach a commercial workshop. What a lot of actors don't understand is that the commercial world is so much different than the film world. It mm-hmm. is as, as it is with theater. Yeah. So... The three, you know, different ways of acting are all so completely different. And so what I stress in my workshops is this is a commercial workshop. I am telling you, do not take what I'm teaching you here to a film audition. Because <laughs> I'd actually love to see that. <laughs> it is, it's so different, right? Yeah. Uh, so a different. lot of actors don't understand that. And, um, one of the ways I teach my workshops is I record them. And at the end of the workshop, I send it to them because Mm -hmm. a lot of actors think they're doing something and they're not. And so now when they see it, they are like, Oh my gosh, I thought 
I thought I was saying, like my, my example of saying it is if I say, I want you to say one, two, three, ABC, and the actor goes, ABC, one, two, three. And I say, well, that was great, but try it with one, two, three, ABC. And then again, they go, ABC, one, two, three. So then I'll say, okay, so you're, you're doing okay, but I, I, the direction I'm giving you is one, two, three, ABC. Oh, yeah, okay, I got it. They do it reverse again for the third time. So as we are casting, we don't have time to show them their footage. Mm -hmm. We can give direction, but if they don't listen, I can't keep going and going and going, or we get so far behind. So it's, I teach them that, you know, when you're buying a house, location, location, location. When you're in your audition, it's listen, listen, listen. Don't be on your cell phone, you know, sending a note to your friend or saying just a second, just listen to what we're saying. And I always say to them, if you don't understand what the casting director is saying, just reiterate it. Just say, oh, so, so that I'm clear, you want me to da, 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 da. And I'll say exactly. Because a lot of actors are nervous to do that though. I find that they're scared to ask those simple questions and we do need them to reiterate. Like you said, of course they do. And that's what what you're saying. Yeah. There's never, but in my opinion, and again, this is my interview. This isn't any other casting director's interview. So what I say mm-hmm. is what I believe in. So yeah. if I, what I tell all of the actors is there is not a stupid question. If you're walking into that audition room with a question in your head, then you're not at your fullest. Mm-hmm. So you need to ask that question and get it answered by the casting director. And I always say, ask it as you're walking in. Don't ask it during your slate. When we say rolling and you're supposed to be saying your name, don't say, oh, I have a question. Ask it as you're walking in the room. Oh, by the way, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Or they can ask the assistant outside. And if the assistant can't answer it, then ask the casting director on the way into the room. Because the more comfortable you are knowing what you're going to be doing, the better you're going to do it. If you have a couple of questions like, well, where does she want me to look? Or, you know, what's the framing going to be? Good questions. What's the framing going to be? And, you know, where would you like my eyeline? Down camera lens or off to the side? Because some some auditions we do want down the camera, right down the mm-hmm. barrel. And other times we don't. So Especially it's, if it's not, hosting. If it's, it's a hosting a type question. commercial where you're the main focus. So in the workshop, obviously you talk about listening. You talk about asking questions. You talk about how, I mean, again, one of my favorite things I learned when I first became an agent is pay attention to let's say if it's Dairy Queen, Dairy Queen colors are pink and red. So when my clients used to go on, I'd be like, wear pink and red, like wear the local colors, because it actually is kind of a subliminal message that you're sending that you like this brand because you're representing their colors. Michelle, it's so true. However, (laughs) what you have to keep in mind is that because we are mostly non-union in Vancouver, right? We don't we can't say what the exact product is. I know. So we can That's say true. it's a fast food. Right. So what I always say is, for example, it's a sporting goods company. I always say, don't go in with a big logo. No. Have a no-name brand sweatshirt on. Because if you go in with a big Nike logo and it's Adidas, ugh, not good. Mm-mm, so that's not good at all. It, it is really hard for the actors. I, I, I get it that it's, it's hard for the actors. And so that's why hopefully the casting directors will put in the wardrobe, wear a black top, 
and black pants or wear a navy blue top, we've done the homework and we know what the wardrobe is. So we say it. And, you know, we always like, we say, don't go out and buy something for your audition. We always say, as best you can, royal blue top, black pants. Um, so years ago, something funny happened. There were two casting directors that were stuck with assistants and it was years ago. I'm talking about when my schedule wasn't so insane. And if you can believe it, I actually volunteered to help out two commercial casting directors on the weekend. And it was during a callback session. And it was so funny because some of my actors were coming in and seeing me at the desk. But what I learned so much is that day, well, one, I was treated like shit by the producers and directors. I have to tell you, they were like, can you fetch me coffee? Why are you taking so long? I'm sitting there being like I'm checking everybody in kind of incognito that I'm an agent. And then I remember walking in and delivering the food when they were making their deliberations and watching all the photos on the ground. Cause at the time it was Polaroids all over the ground. And I remember being like, Oh, her eyes are too far apart or, Oh, she looks like my ex-girlfriend or, Oh, let's, let's grab the girl with the bow in her hair and move her up. So one thing I want to bring up so important, whatever you wore for your audition, always repeat that for the callback to a T. hundred percent, hundred percent. If you worked, had a polka dot headband, wear it back. So yeah. wear the same thing. And I always tell actors too, have yourself a little day timer because a lot of times they don't remember what they wore. So yes. in that day timer, put your audition, what the callbacks are, what the shoot date is and what you wore. That's so important. Did you, even everybody hear selfie, that? <laughs> even on your iPhone, throw on a selfie and then you can actually go through and remember what date and that's right. Yeah. The outfit. Yeah. How many people are you seeing for a commercial audition per role? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to, you know, it, I mean, it all depends on their budget really, Mm -hmm. but I would say we're seeing between 30 and 50. Okay. I think that's a, you made a really good point about them asking questions because I'm sure your timelines are very short to see all those people in, in one setting too. Well, yeah. And, and when, again, when it comes to timing, what is important both for the agents to understand and the actors to understand, because it is a trickle-down effect. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we don't get the go-ahead on a job because we might, I might've got received a job yesterday, but then I have to do up the breakdown and I send that breakdown back to the producer for approval. I will not send it out until I have in writing that the breakdown is correct. Then usually they have to send it to somebody higher but I'm supposed to be casting the next day. And so sometimes we don't get the approval of the breakdown until three o'clock the day before. So now I'm sending the breakdown to you guys at three. I've got to give two hours for deadline for six. Yeah. Now we're we're at six (laughs) and I'm sending the auditions out at 7 PM for the next day. Yes, we know. (laughs) Uh, No, I know. Right. But it's not because we're being lazy. We don't get to go ahead. Right. So things so often and, and rapidly and, and it's, and then they'll see day one of casting and they're like, Oh gosh, we don't like, we don't like this direction. We don't like what we're asking for. We need to change it but I'm supposed to be casting the next day. So once again, you get it late. And now after that session at five o'clock, we're now madly trying to change everything. So once again, the times mm-hmm. don't go out till seven or eight. It's a trickle down effect. It's not, I say to the actors, it's not your agent being lazy and it's not us being lazy. It's mm-hmm. when we get the information, we can only work when we get that approval and the information. Well, as we all know, we're not on office hours anymore. I mean, Nicole and I work from like 8 a.m. I work till like 11 p.m. most nights. 
Yeah. So, all weekends. There are no weekends. All there weekends. Are no- there are no weekends. What's a weekend? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, what? There isn't one. <laughs> there, well, there Kathleen, are holidays. How are you finding casting now? Let's talk. We were talking pre-COVID. Let's talk now post-COVID okay. or during what we're in right now. Like, how are you finding? You're tending to do most of your auditions via Zoom, correct? It's well, no. The, the callbacks, yes. Yes. But casting the majority of the casting right now is being done through self-tapes. Self-tapes, right. So that is the worst part. And what we do, again, to cover ourselves is, okay, so you're asking for self-tapes because we can, at our studio, it is so sort of COVID protocol rules, you know, and all the actors are saying to us, wow, you guys are so strict. This is amazing. We feel so safe. But you get some of the productions that say, no, we want the self-tapes. So we say, okay, again, you're asking for self-tapes, so we can't be responsible for the self-tapes. But we usually put a little blurb, a video out of me explaining to the actors what to do. Have that blank wall in the back. Don't have all the distractions around. Don't be in front of a window so the camera's facing the window. Do the opposite so that the light is facing on you. You know, on... on um, Amazon, you can buy the light ring, which I have here, uh, for $59. It comes with the tripod, the light ring, and the holder for your cell phone. It's all there for $59. I got it the very next day. And the sheet behind me, I bought for, I don't know, $69 at the bay. So that all it is is, is a blank, as a wall. It now looks like a blank wall, like you're at a studio auditioning. But the other thing is, Look at your footage before you send it in. If it's nine minutes long, we don't want it. <laughs> don't no want one wants nine. a nine-minute commercial edition. No, we don't want that. So it's it's up to the actors to really look at what they're sending us. If you don't like it, we're not going to like it. Check yeah. the sound on it. Um, <laughs> and do you want to see multiple takes sometimes with different oh, variation? Mm-hmm. always want to see multiple takes. And, but I, I like multiple takes even when I'm in the studio and I try and get, I always say, show me what you're, you want to show me based on the information I've given you, the direction I've given you. Mm-hmm. And from there, it doesn't matter what they give me. I change it. And I tell them that. I say, you haven't done wrong. I'm changing it because it's my job to show the director, you can do this, A, and you can to do this, Z. Therefore, you can do anything in between right? Rather than sending two of the exact same takes. Mm-hmm. No. So um, yes, when they're doing their, their self tapes, I like to get two, but we will, we, again, we usually give direction. We say, please don't make the takes longer than two minutes. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that we're having issues with is people send in these tapes. And the last thing we see is their slate or in the middle in between the two takes is a slate. It should Do you like to see slates at the beginning or the end? The beginning. Okay. Because yeah, the beginning, mm-hmm. because a director usually will know from the slate. So this is what we're talking about, not to cut you off. We're finding out that because no one's going in the rooms anymore, the slate is your introduction. It's how you're saying who you are, showing like your personality, because of course your audition is your audition. You might be a character, even for commercials, you could be playing a dad when you don't have kids, you could be playing kind of a caricature type. So it's interesting because see, as an agent, I want my slates at the end 
because I find with film and TV performances, primarily it can take away from the performance of people aren't good with slates. A lot of people get nervous in slates Well, so and that, on slates because I agree with commercials. They should be at the front. Right. And that's the, again, a big difference between film and commercials in film. Yeah. You don't slate your name is put on the screen first. So there is no slate. They're making them slate now because of course there's no face-to-face interaction. Right. So they even want the full body sides. Like they want right. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 such different times. And when we get a call and the production says we want self-tapes, Sarah and I are like, oh God. <laughs> it must be exhausting though, because well, for is. us it's it's a long process to get those to you. It is. And it's a long process for us to, to watch them and say, yeah, no, we don't like this one. And then we email the agents and say, Hey, could you get, you know, John Smith to do this again, but please have him facing a different angle or have more of a, you know, from the waist up instead of full body, I can't see them. So it, it takes a lot longer with COVID. So are we not, are we not thinking that maybe a zoom audition then where you can redirect them? Is it just the filming capabilities that are the struggle? Cause I'm wondering well, the why. Problem with the zoom on, on cue, like having everybody in the lineup is if somebody's not ready, now you're waiting for them. Now you're two minutes behind. So now the next person's cue is they're supposed to be popped on but you're two minutes behind from the previous person. So it's like, wow, do I go to this person or do I go to the next person and try and fit the other person in when I can? Oh no. It's yeah. You're, you you're, almost need an assistant handling the waiting room, but like through technology. <laughs> yes. I guess that is a, that's an option. Um, but we haven't gone there yet. We actually, I, I'm, that's a lie. We did do one and we were doing it via Skype. Uh, it was just our test project way at the beginning of COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing, trying to find the name of the person. Well, I'm John Smith, but you're not John Smith on, on, faith, on Skype. You've put some other name on there. You're a number. So tell us. <gasps> we were giving that advice. It is. And it's yeah, like, we were giving that advice. Make sure that when you're jumping onto a Zoom call or an audition or a Skype, have your actor name, your actor not name. some like, you know, screen name that's like wonky. Exactly. <laughs> Some exactly. name from the eighties with a bad slogan in it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's tricky, but you know, I, we're all at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. So, so you your know, tips I, for self-taping is get a good light, like a ring light on Amazon, get a backdrop, either pull down blind or sheet pinned to your wall or paint yeah. a wall. I mean, if you can be brave and get like a light blue gray and paint like a small wall, it doesn't have to be big, what, three feet? width, four feet yeah, width. But I, you know what? I, I think because that's a lot and it's, it is in your home and a lot of people live in a studio. So, yeah. you know, the, the curtain works curtain. Sorry. It's not a curtain. It's a flat sheet is what it is. It's a flat. <laughs> it's sheet. turned into a curtain. It's turned into yeah. a curtain. And then you have the, the blank wall behind you. That's so, why my favorites are the pull down blinds. Have you seen them? The vinyl blinds are like a blue gray. So they pop up. So it's just popped up top and you pull it down just for that audition. And you pop it back up again. It doesn't really dismantle your, your environment very much. So No, it doesn't. And the, the only thing I find, I mean, again, we've watched so many self tapes, <laughs> depending on the size of those, because we do yeah. in the commercial world, again, I only speak commercial world. We do like to get a full body shot of the yes. person. Mm-hmm. So if that down, depending on where it is, you can't back up or you can't, you know, get that full body shot for us. You need a big room for that as well, which is, I mean, it's tricky out there for the actors to do this, but it, 
you know, I'm sure you've seen the inside of a lot of interesting homes too during this time. <laughs> You're doing a tour of hundreds of homes, Borders. Kathleen. Borders. Yeah. <gasps> oh no. The crib. <laughs> oh no. It's, Clean up your surroundings before you self-tape. <laughs> like we say, unless you're asked in your audition, don't wear a bunch of bangles that are distracting. Don't wear the big, huge earrings. It's distracting. Try mm-hmm. to find a clean wall without all the distractions of everything you have in that one room. And also watch if you wear glasses, make sure they're non-glare. If there's a glare on it, how are they seeing your eyes? I think that's another thing that we can bring up too. Well, yes. And one of the things we do in auditions anyway, is if they have glasses on while they're doing the slate, we just say, could you take them off? And you don't have to re-slate. It's just take them off and have a smile to camera so we can see you without glasses. Exactly. So actors listening, pay attention. These are very important points, for, especially Again, for your own listen, t- listen, in-home listen. setups. It's, it's just listen, listen, yeah. listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and what are the big mistakes you're seeing in the self-tapes? Let's talk about that. Well, number one, it's the framing. And okay. again, I believe most of the casting directors do say what the framing should be. Mm-hmm. So because we want the full body in the casting, in, in the slate, we want usually from the, between the waist and the chest, go between there and do your audition from there. Unless it's something where you have to drop to the floor, pretend you're coming out of a manhole cover, or, you know, something like that. But something action oriented, you have to be, have a bit more space. Try to find yourself a camera operator that can hold your phone for you and zoom in or follow what you're doing. But when you, when you keep the audition full body, it's so hard to see the person. It's so hard to see their expressions. And com- uh, commercials are all about expressions. 99.9% of the time, commercials are about chin to the top of your head. We want to see that. Now, I'm not saying to keep the framing there but chest up is good. If, if we need to see your hands, if it's, you know, if it's comedy, hands come into play, then yes, if you're going from the waist up, we can see the hands moving, but we need to see the face. When you have scripts, do you mind if the actors hold them or do you prefer them to be off book? No, you can have that script in your hand because we are never going to shoot the commercial all in one shot. Never, right. ever. Each each scene is done from at least two different angles. So, you know, if you've got five lines, chances are we're only going to work on one line at a time. And that one line, we're going to be doing different camera angles there. Unless you're a, um, uh, what's it called? Um, presenter, you know, if you're, you know, presenting a, a met, some sort of medication, you're walking down the aisle of the drugstore, mm-hmm. then yes, we like it. We like to see that you can handle three or four lines towards camera without your script. But again, 90% of the time, I'm always fine for them to have the script in their hand, as long as they're just referring to it. Of course. Not reading. <laughs> I'm not staring down. For real. If, Adds up, some people. people. Do. Some people do. So it's, yeah, just try to have it as a referral, as a reference. Yeah. Can you think of any of the worst commercial self-tapes you've seen lately? Come on. We want to hear some examples. We want well, to warn people what not to COVID. do. Well, since COVID, I haven't had a lot of um, scripted stuff. So, but when we didn't, yeah, it, it it's... Uh, 
I feel bad sort of saying it, but the actor that just stands there and just starts reading it, it it's kind of, but wait, anybody can do this. I need to see some expression. I need to see some body language, but they're standing there literally reading the script. It's, it actually, this is so mean to say, you know, sometimes I say that I'm, I'm a nicer version of Simon Cowell. I'm honest, but I'm just a little bit nicer than, than Simon Cowell. <laughs> and it's not worth your time coming in if you're just going to read something off the script. You've got to have a couple of lines that can, you can deliver with some body language towards camera. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. Put in a little effort. Do your homework, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. Well, it's the same when people come in and meet us as well, if they haven't learned the sides we've sent them, it almost feels disrespectful. It's like, we gave you something to do. Don't come in and waste our time. Either learn the stuff or get the hell out, right? It's pretty simple. Exactly. And another thing that's wasting, here's a, here's a few don'ts that, mm -hmm. I, that I teach in my workshop. Do, they're actually do's and don'ts. You must tell your agent if you're going away, even <laughs> 24 hours, even yes. 24 hours, because yes. we, we may only have one day to film, uh, to, to audition people, and there's only one shoot day. So if you come into the audition and say, oh, by the way, I'm not available during the shoot. Well, why did you, what was the point of coming in? What is the point of coming? You've wasted the agent's time, you've wasted the casting director's time, and you've wasted your time. They're not going to move a shoot because you're not available that day. They're dealing with locations, locking locations in. Some commercials have five different locations that they have to lock in at certain times of the day. And they're not going to move a production around your schedule, especially if it's one shoot day. So Absolutely they not. must let your agent know if you're going away again, even if it's for a weekend, we work weekends, we shoot on weekends. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let your, ask your agent if you can get a haircut. If you oh, come to an audition, another one. Yes. Come to an audition and you leave. Check with your agent before you get your haircut because sometimes you don't know that you have a callback until three days later. And now you've gone and got one of those haircuts that are totally trendy and in style. No, they might be in style for that week or that month. But it's not a commercial that will that will have the opportunity to re-air. You have to keep these things in mind. Will could this commercial get picked up again? And I'm going to get bought out again. Mm -hmm. Sure, if you have a regular haircut, but if, when you've got that shave around the bottom and and then the top, you know, is longer. That's to me. That's more of a film thing. Or very very seldom is it a commercial thing where we're it's a needle in a haystack saying hey. See if you can get someone that's got a mohawk, but it's right. not going to get you a commercial the, mo the majority of the time. But if that's what you want, just know that you're not going to go out a lot. Oh, I'll tell Nicole, I'll be like, when did so-and-so cut her hair and go blonde? It was brunette last week and down to her chest. And now it's a bob. And mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'll just say to her, I'm like, holy shit, she's up for three projects. Or same with a guy, he'll shave it to cue ball. Like guys right now want to shave their heads. And Kathleen, we talk about this all the time, especially when I do commercials, men don't shave the sides of your head. Don't buzz cut the sides. They like a little length yeah. to play with. Yes. Oh my god. And, and the same thing with beards. If you've gone in with, you know, right now, most productions in commercial anyway, like a bit of scruff. So mm -hmm. if you're coming in with scruff, don't have it shaved for your callback. Yeah. People don't realize they're doing themselves a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. 
by changing their looks between an audition and a callback, even with facial hair, like you said, one or two days of, of shadow, if that's what you auditioned with, that's what you should be going back for. Exactly. So exactly. definitely and communicate always, with your agent. And we always tell, we especially let our, I'm going to say more commercial talent know to when they're receiving the auditions, double check all the dates, make sure you're available for the callback date, make sure you're available for all of the shoot dates even write it down in your calendar as a reminder, like, oh, there's, this is a callback coming up. I need to make sure I'm available on those days. So don't book things. Exactly. And which brings us to another, <laughs> another thing for actors is when we ask your availability, you know, with, without COVID, they have forms to fill out. It's not, well, I have a dentist appointment at two. So if I could come in earlier, that would be great. And for the shoot date, well, I'm supposed to be camping, but if I book, I might not go. No, there is a yes or a no. Does that turn you guys off? Will you just go to the next person if, if someone's course. like? Yes, because production's not going to work around that. Mm -hmm. That's the last thing production wants to see is a form that says all these, well, if this and if that, and it's better for me here. It's, that's not a good thing for mm -hmm. production okay. to see. Yeah. Well, as we know, the film industry yes. likes people. Yeah, the film industry likes people at the back and call. Same with commercials. I mean, this is this is the way the entertainment industry is, you guys. If you truly want to succeed in this business, you have to make it a priority. It comes before some romantic and date and Whistler. We had a girl once that was shortlisted for a movie, and she goes, "But my boyfriend's taking me away tomorrow, and he surprised me." I'm like, "Well, that's great, but can your boyfriend next time tell us he's planning you a surprise?" Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of commitment that comes with this. Well, I want to talk to you about like what stands up as a strong commercial actor for you. Because of course, you and I have worked together now, Kathleen, for almost 25 years. Yes. I know who your favorites are from the roster. And it's because they always are constant. They deliver always to you. They, I think it's just they always do a very solid performance for you. So what are your things that you really catch on people that really well, stand out? A lot of it is basically because we're doing our job and our job is to help the director to show the director who can take direction. So again, it just goes back to listen, listen, listen. And, and if there are any questions, ask them. So it, it's the actor that does their audition this way. And then I say to them, okay, now let's try it this way. And they have listened and they have done what is being asked. It's made the adjustment. Yeah. But a lot of times where that comes into play again, as I mentioned before, is some people, they think they're doing it is that they could, I tell people to watch commercials, people that are new in the industry, watch commercials, see what the dad is wearing. If you're going for a dad role, see what the See what the farmer is wearing if you're going for a farmer role. So do your homework by actually watching commercials, not flipping through the commercials and skipping them all. For, for me to be able to say to the director, this person did it their way, their choice, which was great, and I gave them direction and they did it this way. Therefore, this person's going to be easy to work with. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, when... I try, again, commercials are far more animated than film. So again, I, you're not going to be very animated in film. But commercials, again, it's all about the face. It's all about the expressions. Watch the commercials. Check out what expressions they're doing. And I always say it's much easier for a director to bring somebody down than, I, I use the scale, zero to 10. If I can get you to a 10, 
awesome. The director can bring you down to a six or whatever level he or she needs you at. But if I can only get you to a four with two or three takes in my auditions, it's a little, it's going to be harder for the, it's going to be hard for the director. So it's my job to say to the director, look at this person, look at this person, look at this person. They have the range. Having a range is good. So what an actor can do is an actor can pick a commercial, film that commercial on your phone. You've got it on your phone. Now try and duplicate it. Film, film yourself on your camera and watch it because you think you might be making a big expression, but you're not. So now it's learning to find these muscles. So I, I do, I teach and adults as well. When you're brushing your teeth, practice those eyebrows going up and down. We all have the muscles. It's a matter of finding those muscles. It's Find like, them and keep them to the commercial editions. We don't want eyebrow acting in film and television. <laughs> exactly. So, but that's, yeah, that's the act, the actors learning the difference between film and commercials. So, I mean, it's, but, it, but training, it's like, you can't go out and run a marathon the day you decide, Hey, I'm going to try a marathon for the first time. You have to train for it. And it's mm-hmm. the same as acting. Whether it's filmed or commercials, you need to train. And you, but having said that, you can do that part, the finding the muscles in your face for the expressions. You can do that on your own. I'm not saying you have to constantly go out and pay money, you know, for workshops or whatnot, but you do need to train. I actually love workshops. I always say if you go to a commercial workshop, you're going to learn so much. And I call them battle skills. So they're the bare battle skills of walking in. So I, you've always been one of my favorite people to send people to for workshops. Because I know they always leave there go, I had no idea. It's true. But I'll have people that have been in the industry for four or five years come to my beginner workshop. And they're, they, they talk to me afterwards. They say, Kathleen, I've been doing this for five years. I had no idea. And it's... I, I think, wow. I mean, it makes me feel good because I'm teaching stuff that someone that's been in the industry for so long uh, didn't know. But um, I always say, you know, go to a bunch of, work, of workshops because you're going to pull something from, from each casting director, right? You yeah. don't, you know, it's, 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 it's like the A&W burger and the uh, McDonald's burger and the White Spot burger. They're all burgers, but they're very different. And you like something from the NW one that you don't like in the McDonald's one. And you just pull things that work for you. Well, I think the advice then to actors right now then is to do one or two takes, especially since you're not there to redirect them for an audition, not for a callback, but for their self-tape audition. Do a couple takes. Because we can, the casting director, we can always make notes. Once we post it, Mm -hmm. I can say on there, look at second take. Yeah, it goes, it goes a note to the director so that we can, and that's us doing our homework too, right? We're not just going to put everything up without looking at it. We need to look at it. So, and then showcase the range of the action that is being asked for them in the take, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We can say, do one bigger, do one smaller. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring up something that's pre-COVID and obviously we'll get back to it, but I know you and I have talked constantly about parents and children coming in for auditions. Let's talk about that, how you deal with children, especially when they're not really wanting to go into an audition room. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, it's weird. I just got chills all over my body. I really, (laughs) no, I know, but I, I truly have a huge place for kids. I, I just, the parents that force their kids to do it, you are harming your child. 
It is not healthy if a child does not want to come into the auditioning room on that particular day. They may have been doing it for six months and all of a sudden they say, no, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I will never, ever make a child come into my room to audition. What I have done, and I've done it many times, and it's only if I have time, because again, parents have to understand we are like a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. We give each person between five and 10 minutes. And we can't keep pushing this child that absolutely does not want to come in the room. We can't keep trying. Number one, I do not want to traumatize a child. I refuse to do that. If I have time, I say to the mom, hey, can I bring Johnny in to sit beside me? I'm not going to make them audition. I'm going to have them watch on the TV. They can either sit next to me in, in my or in my chair and watch on the TV and watch the next child audition so that they see it's comfortable. And then if after that, I say, do you want to try it? If they say no, absolutely not. I'll say, do you want to go see mom? And if they say, can I watch another? I say, of course, but I will never make that child do it again. If they say, no, I don't want to do it out to mom or dad, they go and moms and dads, it doesn't matter. Don't talk about it on the drive home. Don't say you're not getting that ice cream cone that I said I would give you. A lot of kids are bribed, which is fine. That is fine. If you go in the room, we'll go for a chocolate bar afterwards or an ice cream afterwards. That's fine. But don't hold it against them. Don't say, nope, you didn't go in the room. You're not getting it. It's just not healthy. I will phone an agent and say, I do not want to see that child again for another six months mm -hmm. because I don't want, I don't like the way the parent is treating them if they don't go in the room. And sometimes the parents say, well, it's a waste of my time, but you've chosen to do this for your six-year-old. Your six-year-old does not understand all of this. So please don't bring it up in the car. Just go home, say, what are we going to do later? And carry on with the day. In a month's time, then maybe say, hey, would you like to try an audition again? Because what happens is the kids get friends. They, they, because they're going for the same age category. So the same kids show up all the time and they get friends. Then it, eventually they want to do it and it becomes fun. But if it is not fun for a child, why are you doing this? Well, we've also seen children also adjust. Like I find sometimes five and six-year-old girls, all they want to do is dance around and, and play pretend. So I find kids are very entertaining at that five, six zone. But as we know, when they start getting a little older or the voice changes or the hormones, I'll have a child actor that's really excited about acting, but the next year they want nothing to do with it. Two years later, they can't wait to do it. Two years later, they want nothing to do with it. Exactly. And Nicole and I talk about all the time that we interview the parents as much as we interview the children. Actually, sometimes I think we interview the parents more, right, Nicole? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because I, I, th I think sometimes too, I don't think parents realize the commitment that they're also making if their child is going to be auditioning so much because they have to be driving, they have to be getting like confirming, learning the lines, making sure they have all the information. And it's a commitment on them as well. Exactly. It's a huge commitment on the parents. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of, you know, I, 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 it, the parents that are doing it for the parents, it's usually the kids that don't really want to do it. Mm -hmm. And again, if they say, I don't want to go in the room, then don't make them sit there for 10 or 15 minutes and let them watch other kids go in the room and come out happy to see that it's okay. But playing the devil's advocate, 
mean, Nicole and I can tell you, we know when we have a show parent coming in the room. So what agents are taking on these kids, seeing that these kids don't want to do it? Because when we interview a child, we can tell when it's them that want to do it. We actually separate the child and the parents normally for a moment and go, is there something you want to do? No, my mom said that if I do this, I get the new toy from Toys R Us. You know, we can tell, right? So I think it's, I want to also have agents take some ownership that they're taking on these kids. They can see the kids aren't that thrilled to be a part of it because they're the ones presenting to you saying this child's going to be great. Cause let's say they get through your room, somehow get a call back. I've heard nightmares on set because that kid could just cry in the corner and not want to shoot. Yeah. Right. So even if you can get them through the addition process, they might not even want to shoot. And then well, you've which is why we hire backups as well. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. When you, you know, the different directors ask for feedback and not for feedback. And whenever kids are involved, I try to give my feedback. Now, if it's a new child, new child to me, I will say to them, hey, I love this kid, but I don't know their history. Yeah. So I would hire a rock, like someone that we know is a rock that has worked if you really, really like this new kid, you've got to hire a backup that we know is solid. Um, you know, it, it, because again, anything can happen. Now, what has changed a lot though, is now that, you know, all the toy companies have, have gone, one, one company's bought the majority of them out so that it's all being cast out of the States now. We don't have a lot of toy commercials here anymore or baby commercials anymore. So a lot of agents have, they don't represent kids. So what Mm. happens then is, is that there's a handful of agents out there that if we put a breakdown out that says, wow, we need a three-year-old, we need a six-year-old, we need an eight-year-old, they now on their Facebook, put it out there. So it is a lot of new kids that we will see. Right. So it, it, you know, it's, it, we don't see regular kids like we used to because we don't have the number of toy commercials that we used to. Of course. And I guess some of the kids that used to audition for commercials have now started booking film and TV and now they're union and all kid commercials are non-union as we know. So yeah. well, it really alters it too. Right. 90, 90% of the commercials here, you know, maybe it's gone to 85% I think you're pretty close on 90, Kathleen. (laughs) (laughs) How are you finding it right now with obviously casting commercials with uh, partners or friends now that people are kind of using their bubble bubble or social bubble or their family or how are you finding some new fresh faces? I got to be honest. I love it. (laughs) New faces. I mean, you know, you take the good with the bad, but mm-hmm. there are some great parents out there or some great boyfriends or girlfriends out there that, I mean, we just did one and it was, it was boyfriend, girlfriend. So they were in the bubble and the, I believe the actor was the boyfriend and then they changed the script, which we know can happen. Mm-hmm. And he didn't book, she booked. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I just, it's so fantastic. And, and uh, I, I love it. I love it because you see new faces, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you see interesting dynamics as well with couples or with families that you don't quite get organically when you're casting multiple people, right? What I find funny is when, let's just say it's the wife that's the actor. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing their self tape or whatever. And, and, and she goes like this, Dave, look at the camera. As an auditioning, like she's directing him. It's it's quite funny watching some of these self tapes. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah. Nicole, do you want to ask your magic question? Yes. My question is, what advice would you give your younger self getting into the industry? Oh, getting into, um, gosh, getting into the industry. Or just in general. (laughs) (laughs) We all need some good news, some good advice right now. Okay. So, so two things, I guess. I mean, I'm sort of going to answer both then if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Advice to myself would be to, not about the industry, but just would be to, I, I really wish I did more as I was growing up, I was, I, I want to say I was offered so much, but I was so afraid for whatever reason, I don't know, but I was just afraid. And I said no to a lot of things, meaning I was invited to go to London for uh, Prince Charles and Lady Di's wedding. I said, oh, wow, I was afraid to, you know, be away from my family. I was offered a scholarship in Hawaii for, for school for my running, I said no. And all of these, there was just so many things that I could have done. I, you know, the first time it was, I was on an airplane was in grade 10 and I was so homesick and the airline went on strike. Oh no. And I was so homesick, but what happened was one of the first people on the track team, their dad was a pilot, so they had one seat in the cockpit and one of the grade 12 guys had run out of money. I just wanted to go home to be at home with my family. And so I got it. And it's like, they all stayed for an extra week in Maui. Well, who wants to leave Maui? But I did. Um, (laughs) Just to do, I wish I had said yes to more things. Getting Mm. into the industry, you know, I truly love what I do. And I think, quite honestly, I love it to a fault because I, I, I care too much about my work. And I know that sounds weird. How can you care too much about it? But I really do care too much about it. And I'm, I'm very competitive. So if I know they're casting in Toronto, it's like, yeah, no, I, I will find you that person. I will for sure beat Toronto. It <laughs> <laughs> motivates, right? Like, yeah, I think, and Kathleen, look at the fact you wanted to be a teacher. All you're doing is nurturing and educating. I'm the same. Like my background was marketing, but all I did was take care of my huge family when I was young. It's, it's a natural gravitation for us to take care, nurture, teach. So that's why I think we've all fallen into these parts of the business. Yeah. And you know, the industry is very addicting <laughs> and for anybody young that hasn't had yeah. kids yet. Yeah. I worry for them because it's so addicting. You, there's no time to have a child in this. We industry. did it. Well, no, I had already had mine. My youngest was three months old when I got in. So I'd already had mine, but I was, I was six months pregnant when I started. Right. So, but you know, regret. Yeah. Seeing my kids grow up, missing things at school, having to pull over when we go to, because back then there was no cell phones and and stuff like that. You know, having to say, sorry, kids, we're not going to make it to Penticton yet. Mom's got to pull over for two hours and find a Kinko's so I can get a fax of something or receive a fax. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there's different times now because we do have cell phones and we do have everything at our fingertips, but, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an, I find it addicting and I, I do love it. I love when we have to look for real people, when we have to find the log rollers or find the, you know, trapeze artist, or I, I, I find that a challenge and I love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
Yes. Know, what do you do on your end when those bizarre, if, if obviously you're not finding it through agencies, do you have a different avenue that you guys go to find unique specific people or specific well, characters? It's basically it's social media and it's, I'm, I'm still old school in a Heading way. Straight. Um, I get out, I, I Google and I look for, you know, we just had to find um, someone, a young person that had a, a denture or what we know it in our industry as a flipper. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't want, the, they didn't want the big pink um, full set of teeth. They wanted like one tooth on a little flipper. So I got out and started following the Dentist Association of Canada, Dentist Association of BC, uh, because wow. I was in front of Canada. So I was searching for all of Canada and it shot in Poland. And, but the thing is, it's so, it was so quick. And when you're trying to put the word out for something like that, you need time. And, you know, I, I found about six people, but the UK had, they already had, they were days ahead of me and they needed to fly someone to Poland. So, you know, I now have about six people that I know I could find in the future <laughs> if I had to, but it, a lot of it's through social media. Um, mm-hmm. Back in the day, I actually called radio stations. So if commercial wanted twins, if a, I was such a hustler. I still am, guys. I'm not, not a hustler now. <laughs> but I'm talking about commercial hustling. One time they wanted a band. So I got on the phone and called like West Vancouver Community Band. I got on the radio because even if you guys needed special skateboarders or what are those, the building jumping dudes, whatever they're called. Uh-huh. Parkour, yeah. Parkour, I know it. Well. I would get on the radio stations, but this is 15 years ago, 20 years ago, and people listen to radio all day yes. long and they'd call in and then I'd get all these calls and call Michelle at performers. Anyways, yeah, wow, back in the day, we used to hit the streets to find everything. That was how we did it. I think that's a good tip because if you have any really interesting, specific skill, make sure it's on your resume and make sure your agent knows. 100%. It needs to be on your resume because as a casting director, this is what I teach in my workshop as well. As a casting director, we can go onto casting networks or casting systems and in the keyword keyword resume. And if I put up juggler Mm -hmm. and you juggle, but only put it on there if you are proficient in that skill. We always make the joke about don't be a Joey from friends and put that you can speak French and not. Exactly. Because you're going to end up on that ski hill on a pair of skis and you've never skied before. Not good. (gasps) Okay. That's another thing we need to bring up Kathleen. And as you know, if you are looking for a commercial that requires ice skating, horseback riding, skiing, the auditions sometimes are on an ice rink on a mountain or at a yes. horse farm. So keep that in mind. Don't or they want video skills. Yes. Or then now they want video. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to wrap this up with you just telling us maybe two or three do's and don'ts, like your favorite do's and don'ts. So people get left with like a good nugget of information. Don't ask if you can do the audition again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know so many actors want to do that. Sorry. So many actors want to do it. And it's just that we have, um, again, we are a doctor's office. You know, I would love to have people do it 15 times, but we don't have the time, unfortunately. Don't crash an audition. Don't (laughs) go say, oh, hey, you know, I'm here anyway. Can I come in? The best way to handle that is to phone your agent and say, hey, I'm here seeing Chris and Kara. I see that Kathleen's got the same age category coming in. Can you check and see if I can go in? 100%. Please don't go up to the assistant or the casting director saying, hey, can I come in? Um, It's a very uneasy feeling that you give to the casting office. So please don't do that, actors. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, I think I, I said the do's, the important do's for me are to, I mean, the biggest one for me is one, I, I think I would put this one first is to let your agent know if you're going away, <laughs> because it's just so hard when I have this, it's now a hole. And if three people have done it, it's three holes that I have that I would want to put people in because I'm not going to put you on camera. I will turn you away. Because I can't say here's a person, but they're not available. It just, it's, it's not as an actor, they all want to get in front of the camera to be seen, but I'm not going to show this director to you if you're not available to during the shoot. Uh, And then the other, the other do is listen to what the casting director is telling you to do. Listen, 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 listen to your agents, listen to casting. This is the nugget we're going to leave you guys with. Listen. The direction. <laughs> you know, I had a call two days ago. I had a call two days ago. I answered it. Hi, is this Kathleen? I said, yep. Oh no, it's an actor. <laughs> Saying, so how do I get in commercials? Oh, no. And I said, well, you're, the first thing you need to do is to, to get yourself an agent. And I always recommend calling several different agents because it is a business deal that you have. And you need to know that you're going to be comfortable with that agent. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, yeah, well, I want an agent that's going to make me money. And I laughed and I said, well, it's not your agent that's going to make you the money. It's you and you doing your homework. That's going to make your money. That's going to actors. Make you- did you hear that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the introduction to casting it comes down to you to actually book the job <laughs> it, it does and it's the the actor doing the homework the the agent's not you know. we're facilitating we're just facilitating the introduction also advice yes right? mm-hmm. your, your a advice, lot which is fantastic and we're getting the opportunities for them and then you know michelle always says it's a marathon we give them the baton. They got to take the baton, go to the audition. Then they hand it back to us. So if, you know, casting comes back to us with dates or availability, we take it and then we give it back to them to shoot or exactly. call back or book. Then it comes back to us to invoice and get the money. <laughs> it keeps going back and forth. It's definitely a, a tag a team. Duo. It's a tag team. Right. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us today yes. and chatting. And we can't wait to see your workshops pop up because we need some of our new commercial talent with your well, amazing you know, knowledge. This, this has actually helped me because as I mentioned earlier, I did everything. I got the Zoom account. I, I have my room all set up, but me being on camera is I, I like being behind the camera so I've just always been so nervous to do these zoom workshops but this has yeah a little put a little fire under my butt there you so, go uh, look out for Kathleen Mayer's workshops guys <laughs>